0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's podcast, I'm joined by incoming sophomore on the Yale women's hockey team, Gracie Gilkison. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Gracie, and how's everything going? Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Um, Everything's going well here. Uh, No complaints. That's good to hear. And overall, how has your offseason been uh, going so far? Anything interesting you've been up to since uh, the season ended, whether it's hockey related or not? Uh
1: not a whole lot, kind of just training, skating. I started working at the golf course this year. I'm in the pro shop. So just learning some stuff there. And then I don't know if you know what the Calgary Stampede is, but that just happened last week. So kind of just recovering from that and getting back into the swing of things. But other
0: than that, no, nothing crazy. What is uh the Calgary Stampede, if you don't mind me asking? I probably sound like a dumb American saying that, (laughs) but I don't I've never heard of it before.
1: It's uh, basically 10 days of cowboys in town. It's like chuck wagons, horse riding, um, bull steering, and just a bunch of concerts. So the whole downtown kind of shuts down for those 10 days and nobody works, basically.
0: (laughs) So it's just pretty much a big party watching cowboys? Yeah, pretty much. That does sound like a lot of fun. Uh, I'll definitely want to check that out someday, um, but... Uh, I also do want to ask, has your golf game improved since uh, working at the pro shop, getting all those tips, I assume, or do you think it's gotten worse since you haven't really played too much because you're too busy working in the yeah. shop?
1: I feel like I should be better better because my brother, uh, he works there too, and he gives lessons, so I get them for free, but I think they're making me worse, <laughs> so I would just have to stop for a bit and then get back into it, Yeah, but no, it's great having that. It's awesome.
0: Who's your favorite golfer?
1: um you know i'm really happy rory just won that uh tournament out out in europe that's great for him
0: i would say my favorites probably um i i like uh tiger woods probably a basic answer but like i just think what he's accomplished and sort of the adversity he went through is pretty awesome and uh it sucks that he doesn't really play that much anymore but i definitely enjoyed watching him play back in the back of back when i was growing up
1: yeah no that's a great answer classic tiger
0: my golf game is definitely not the best. I would say I'm good at the long drives and all that stuff, but once it comes to the shorting game, like putting and chipping, that's sort of where I fall apart. I think if if I could tune that up a little bit, I feel like I could definitely uh, uh become a better golfer. And who knows, maybe I'll be in the PGA one day. That's sort of my biggest downfall in 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 my game, but I'm definitely working on it as best I can. Yeah, I'll work on that,
1: and you'll make the tour
0: that's what i hope that's what i hope but i think people would want to see this podcast so who knows if uh, that's the best decision for me or not but um obviously you're probably training as well for the upcoming season so like what is the one thing you want to work on for the upcoming season after your freshman year
1: well i think my biggest takeaway was probably just how fast the game is um not only in the feet but puck movement how fast people think so i've just kind of been working on speed you know, getting a little quicker and then just getting a harder shot because as you get older, people get stronger and their shots get harder. So I'm keeping it pretty simple.
0: Well, I want to transition now and talk about the beginning of your career and sort of work all the way up to where you are today. So obviously you're from Calgary, Alberta. Talk about growing up there and how'd you start playing hockey?
1: Uh, Well, Calgary is a nice little spot out west. Um, I don't know if a lot of people know where it is uh, being from the East in America. But I grew up in a community that started pretty small and there was a bunch of kids my age who also played hockey. Um, And I have an older brother as well who started before me. So kind of as soon as I could walk, my parents just put me in skates and I kind of just fell in love and playing with all the kids in my community was awesome. Like my parents became really close with their parents and now we end up going on family vacations together and every summer just getting together. Um, so I played boys hockey with them up until Bantam And then I switched to girls. I played for the Calgary Fire, which was honestly, I was a little worried to transition. I wasn't sure what to expect, but it was awesome. Like I had great teammates, I had great coaches. We ended up having two great seasons. And then um in midjay I went to the edge, which was a which was a pretty big transition.
0: And growing up, who was like your favorite player? Um, assuming it was probably someone on the flames, if I had to guess.
1: Yeah, I would say I loved Iggy. I mean, he was great at hockey, but also so tough. Like, nobody wanted to mess with him. And then I just love Geo's story, you know, going undrafted and then getting picked up by the Flames and eventually captaining the team and winning the Norris. I just think that's a pretty special story
0: and always respected how he played the game. You get to play against uh, Jerome McGinley's daughter. What's that like for you, being a huge fan of his?
1: It's honestly pretty cool. Um... It was disappointing playing Brown this year just because in the first game we played them, I ended up getting a pretty bad high ankle sprain, so I had to leave early, and then I was out for the second game with the injury, so I never really got to experience, but it was just cool seeing your name and maybe wondering if he was in the stands watching or something.
0: That's pretty awesome. I feel like he might be, but I feel like he wants to keep a low profile, if I had to assume, so I feel like you you wouldn't really see him if even if he was at the game. Yeah, no, definitely incognito there. That's what I would be like, just because I want the focus to be on the players on the ice, not on me. So I totally get that if that's what he's trying to do. Exactly. Well, before heading off to Yale, like you mentioned, you played for the Edge School. How did you get the opportunity to go there?
1: So I had a couple girls I knew that went there and played on their team, and they couldn't say enough good things about it. So I had been going to these showcases they'd been putting on for maybe two years, and I finally met Coach Carla great coach loved her and you know toured the facilities and they were great everything is in one spot the gym the classes the weight room um had had two pretty good years in Bantam so I got the looks from Carla and then I went there for my three years of high school and honestly some of the some of the best years I had I'd say I loved it out there
0: Uh, What was your experience like with the Edge School and just what's like the best memory you have uh, with that program when you look back on it now?
1: One of my favorite things about the school is is because it's so small, you get to know everyone so well. So there was probably 50 kids in my graduating class and most of us are all pretty close still. But not only are you close with your class, you're close with ones two above you or two below you. So that was a really cool part of it was the community. But. My favorite memory was probably when we won the CSS HL championship in grade 11. I think, I think I peaked in my hockey career in that game. That was, that was definitely a highlight for sure.
0: You then went on and played for the play for Stansted college. Uh, What made you want to make that transition before you headed off to Yale and just talk about your time there and what you took away from that.
1: Yeah. So Stansted happened when COVID was kind of, just starting to settle down. So I knew that the 2025 20, classes were all gonna be huge just with incoming freshmen and stuff. So I was originally gonna postgrad at Edge actually, but Yale recommended Stansted because they offer AP classes, which uh, Edge didn't. And one of my teammates, Emma DeCorby, went there the year before me, and they liked you know, what they saw and how the school worked. So I went out east, first time moving away from home, kind of got a taste of the college experience. I mean, you're living in a dorm, you're going to eat in the dining hall, everything's in one spot. Um, tried to learn some French, but it didn't go too well. Uh, but I met a lot of cool people out there from different places, and they learned a lot. So I think it was it was a really good choice for me to go there just to develop one more year.
0: I know Emma Harvey speaks fluent French, I think, so maybe you can learn some from her. Yeah, I might have to ask Harves for some help there. (laughs) Now, you sort of answered this next question I had, but how did Stansted help prepare you for college hockey? It seemed like it gave you sort of the college experience before heading off there, but on the ice wise, like how did sort of those practices and games you played help make that transition to college hockey easier for yourself?
1: Yeah, we skated uh, pretty much every day. And we were playing a lot of games, definitely not as much as we would have if COVID wasn't going on. I think they usually get like 50 games a season, which is awesome for a, a team that's not even playing at the college level yet. But we played against Naha, which one of my now teammates, Sylvia Bajarski, played on. And they were always great competition. So kind of just playing in those close games and against people like her and Janaki, who ended up um, – going to pretty good schools. It just really got me prepared, and I got a little bit of confidence um, doing that, so it really just helped all around, I'd say.
0: Now talk about your recruitment process with Yale, and what made you want to go there versus the schools you might've looked at? Because uh, I know going to an Ivy League is a little bit different than other colleges, so how does that sort of work out, and what made Yale sort of the place for you once they sort of contacted you at that time?
1: Yeah, so... I would say being from Western Canada, you see a lot of girls go to the sport teams out here. NCAA isn't quite as common as it is in America. It's starting to grow a little bit. Uh, I think it started at a tournament in Saskatchewan. I think Coach Bolding was there, and then um, I just reached out to him, and we started talking. Um, And then I ended up committing my grade eleven year. And I think just having Yale, you know, it was a pretty pretty good pro- program hockey wise the year the years I started talking to them but I mean their school is so prestigious and you kind of got to think about what you're going to do after and your future with school so I just it wasn't really something I could turn down um
0: it was really just it was a special moment for sure and once you got to college what was like the biggest adjustment you had to, you had to make last year was it the speed of the game the physicality? Or sort of just the less time and space you have, especially as a defender, I find that that less time and space you have makes it harder to do uh, zone breakouts and sort of transitioning on the neutral zone uh, when those breakouts take place or when a turnover happens on the offensive zone.
1: Yeah, no, 100 percent. You nailed it right there. Time and space was felt like you had none. You put your head down one second and the next time it was on you and i think that just plays into the speed where everyone's faster so they're on you quicker and they're making fastest faster decisions so that was just something i had to get ready for you know people always say know where you want to put the puck before you get it and that was it was true there you had to know before you got it
0: now talk about what it's like playing in the ecac and just the competition you face uh each game obviously in my opinion I think it's the most competitive conference in women's college hockey. I know a lot of people say the WCHA, but in my opinion, it seems like you sort of already know which teams are going to make the tournament before the season starts. It's just sort of which order will that be. But in the ECAC's case, there's like eight teams that have a legit chance of making the tournament. And it's sort of interesting to find out like which one of those teams will get in and which teams don't. And it just makes it fun to watch with all the parody that takes place. I'm curious as a player, what's like being in that conference, just some of the teams that you get to play on. each season or each game. Yeah,
1: I agree with everything you said there. And I might be a little biased because I play in that league, but I think it's one of the most competitive just because no game is going to be a cakewalk and you never know who's coming out on top, no matter who's playing Um, pretty even throughout the entire conference. I mean, I know the big 10 has some really solid players, but I just think that the talent and the competitiveness is spread pretty evenly So you got to take every game, um, play it the same way you did the last, because I just think it's a it's a tough conference. And I mean, anyone could come out on top. It doesn't matter. I mean, you look at what happened this year and, you know, maybe some teams that were supposed to go further or even make it make it to the finals didn't. um, And it's anyone's game, really.
0: Now you go to an Ivy League school, so how do you balance academics and hockey at such a high level? Obviously, your workload is probably a lot more than what I get and what other college students get. So, sort of, how do you sort of balance all that? And how did you learn how to balance your schedule right uh, during your first year in college yeah. hockey?
1: I think going to um, Edge and Stanstead really helped, just because it taught me how to handle the academics and the athletics um, from that side, but going to university is a whole nother beast. You got so much school to do and you're skating every day. You're working out every day. So I already knew how to handle it a little, but now it was just, you're going to school in the morning, you're skating in the afternoon, you're lifting after, and you're basically doing homework until you go to bed and then you wake up and do it again. Um, but I think the biggest thing was just being proactive because if you play a Friday and a Saturday you're not doing any school that day so either you either got to get it done before or you got to get it done on the Sunday so I think that was the biggest thing is just making sure I had everything out of the way so I could focus on the games
0: you ever try to create time for yourself because obviously in my opinion I think that's important because you just don't want to be balls to the wall sort of doing school and hockey like you want some time to sort of relax like just to ease your mind a little bit for like your mental health I'm curious how do you sort of my my question is how do you create time for that because that seems like the most challenging part about being a student athlete, especially in an Ivy League school?
1: Yeah, that's definitely the biggest thing, I'd say, is trying to find time to just relax. And sometimes Saturdays after games, if they go well, we'll we'll take it easy. Or Thursdays, we skate in the morning, so you kind of have the whole afternoon to to just cool off or maybe get a little bit of work done. But it's the days when you don't have a lot of stuff on your plate, not a lot of tests, not a lot of assignments, that you got to take advantage when you can.
0: Now, obviously, let's talk about uh, this past season and what your team accomplished. So Yale was one of the most highly ranked teams in the country throughout the entire regular season. Um, how do you guys sort of maintain that consistency throughout a regular season? And how would you guys sort of handle the pressure of being a ranked team? Because obviously last year was the year before you went to Yale was sort of people were didn't really expect Yale to make the Frozen Four. And it was sort of like a, probably the biggest surprise team to most fans in the NCAA. But now this past season, everyone knows you're good now. And now you have a target on your back. And that obviously creates a lot of pressure. So how do you sort of handle that pressure sort of while maintaining uh, consistently winning games and beating good teams?
1: Yeah, I mean, being ranked all throughout this year was pretty cool. Uh, It was just nice with the the Big Ten teams being so dominant. It was nice to see some ECAC teams up there. Uh, I think the biggest thing was just playing every game with the same mentality. Um, I mean we don't play a lot of games I'd say in the season just over 30. so everyone you're playing like those three points are up for grabs and you need all that you can get. so it's just focusing game by game and then carrying that through practice through the week staying consistent there. And I think for our team it, it didn't we didn't let it get to our heads if anything it just gave us confidence in the right way. And we just use that to keep going and know that that we could beat any team in the league. And I think that really helped us.
0: Now, your team had the chance to go out to Vegas this year and playing that tournament against BU and Minnesota. Uh, just talk about that experience and sort of what it meant to your team, uh, especially getting the win against Minnesota, because that was looked a lot of fun. And I feel like it sort of showcased that UCAC teams can beat WCHA teams, because um, I feel like a lot of people have their doubts about that. And I didn't have those doubts. I want to put that out there. but. I've, I was reading on the internet that other people did so and I assume you saw the same things I did
1: yeah no i love to hear that thank you
0: <laughs> we appreciate
1: it but uh no that was cool for sure just showing that we could do it and we did and I mean that was a close game it was back and forth the whole way and those were the best ones to play with play in so that was that was a really good time and I think we all bonded after that win and again gave us a lot of confidence to keep going throughout the year and that was the first time my family got to come down since they dropped me off. So that was really cool for them to all. We'll call. All
0: right, it's starting now.
1: Um. So yeah, that, that gave us a lot of confidence there. Um, Just showing people that we could do it. Um, and I mean, it was a back and forth game, goal after goal. And those are the best to play in, the ones that are that close. So that was a lot of fun and my family got to come down for the first time since dropping me off. Um, So it was great to see them. And then the final day we got to go out, um, see the city a bit. And I mean, half of us aren't 21 yet, but it's still a lot of fun to see the city of Vegas.
0: Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Uh, That was sort of my next question about that. Like I saw that you guys got to go to a Google Knights game uh, during that tournament. What was that like? And uh, how cool is it to sort of uh, see the eventual Stanley cup champions that season and, uh, what was that game like? Because I saw they introduced you guys um in the different sections that you were sitting at.
1: Yeah, no, that was awesome. Vegas puts on a great show there. Not only do they have a great team, but their NHL games are such a production. It's like you're going to a show or something. So it was so cool. And uh, that day they were playing the Sens, and a kid that used to go to edge with me ended up scoring his first goal that game. So it was really awesome to kind of be there in that moment for him.
0: Who was uh, the kid? Uh, it was Jake Sanderson. Um, oh, nice, where... North Dakota kid. <laughs> yeah,
1: so that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I feel like North Dakota gets a lot of Senator or the Ottawa Senators get a lot of North Dakota people because yeah. I know he goes there, and Bernard Docker, and then it's I Bernard think Docker, someone, yeah. someone else Even too. That
1: boy, too, actually.
0: Bernard oh Docker. wow, that's yeah. awesome. So they like the edge, North Dakota, Ottawa. That seems to <laughs> be the, so. the the pathway for a lot of those guys. And for obviously sure. for your family, that's pretty cool because that's probably the close, the f- least furthest they get to travel to see you play.
1: Yeah, no, seriously. It's it's a lot better than coast to coast there.
0: And what, what, was, the, what was the strip like in, in Vegas? Because I saw the parade and it looked like a lot of fun. And I know you guys said you, you're not 21 yet, but I feel like you could still have fun, uh, even though you can't legally do some of the stuff that you can do in Vegas.
1: Yeah, no, it was cool. Lots of neon shining lights everywhere. a lot of people. It's just so busy all the time. Like I, I don't even remember how long we got to stay out, but it was crazy busy up until the very end. So it was just a it was a great experience.
0: Yeah. Now your season uh ended in sort of an unfortunate way. Um you guys lost the Clarks in the ECAC semifinals, and then you guys lost to Northeastern in the regionals on your home mice. Um, even though those games didn't go your way, how have you handled those losses? And overall, what will you take away from your freshman year um, after those games? Because I, I I don't know. I just feel like you guys played very hard in those games, and it's sort of just an unfortunate way the season went. And obviously, that's the way hockey goes sometimes. The puck doesn't bounce your way. But I'm sort of curious how you sort of reflected on that uh, since it's over. Since it's been like five months, I think since since that game happened, it feels like a long time ago for me. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, that was definitely a tough way to end your year, especially especially when you go and you win most of your games in the season, but you end up losing the ones that matter. Um, we had to look at the Clarkson and the Northeastern losses in a different way, just because after the Clarkson game, you can't really dwell on it because you gotta get ready to play your regional game to get into the frozen four. So we obviously use that as fuel, just knowing how it felt to lose, especially. Especially when on paper, you know, we weren't supposed to. But after the Northeastern game, it was, it was definitely quiet. And I think that one we kind of let sit a little longer because now we know how it feels to get so close um, and not make it. So we just got to use that next year um, to do even better. But, yeah, that was, that was definitely a tough way to end the year. Uh, yeah, it still hurts thinking about it.
0: What was like the biggest improvement you've made to your game uh, since the beginning of your freshman year to the end of the season? I know we talked about adjustments, but what was something that you noticed about your game that you sort of thought got better as the season progressed?
1: Yeah, so I feel like the theme this podcast has been speed, but I spent a little extra time with our strength coach Alex this year. He kind of gave me some footwork specific exercises to do in the gym when I'd come in on my own time. So I really focused on that and I could feel my first three steps getting better and then just getting pucks through like the forwards work so hard down low to end up getting it to us and the last thing we want to do for them is nail some shit pads so mm-hmm. doing anything to just get a sifter through I think we really focused on as a decor this year
0: um what are your team's goals and expectations for next season obviously you guys didn't make the frozen four I'm assuming that's when your team goals but are there any other goals that might be in your team's radar that fans aren't aware of?
1: I mean, I think the the goal is the same every year is to win, and I'm really proud that we were able to win the regular season and the Ivy Leagues, but now, now we just want it all. We want to win the ECAC finals. We want to go to the Frozen Four. Um, and then, again, it's just using what we learned last year um, and how we have to compete at the end. But, yeah, we want we want to win.
0: Nice, nice. Do you I think win? your first goal will come next season as well?
1: Oh, I hope so. I'm gripping the stick really tight right now. So I'm hoping it comes.
0: Well, luckily, you're a defense defender. So it's you don't have to score goals to, to have an impact on the team, at least in my opinion. But I feel like it would be nice to get that monkey off your back uh, next season.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping so too. <laughs>
0: well, I'll be rooting for you for sure. So hopefully that Thanks. helps bring you some luck uh, for next Thanks season. You. I so, appreciate it. So we're now in a segment I like to call the non-hockey segment where I ask you some non-hockey questions just to get to know you a little bit more off the ice, even though that some of these are hockey questions, but you get the sort of random questions um, to hopefully get to know you a little bit better. So first one is what music do you like to listen to? I assume country based on that stampede that you listen to, but uh, maybe there's uh, other stuff you might like to to listen to um, before a game and stuff like that
1: um I'm pretty much country all the way through it doesn't really matter what mood I'm in or where I'm going it's it's always on which is kind of weird to some people even before game maybe I'll throw some a little more upbeat but I I love country yeah I'm really into Blackstone Cherry lately though they're they're pretty good
0: I've never heard of them before is that a Canadian group I assume
1: no it's kind of like a an older group my parents used
0: to listen to them but oh okay. I'd, re-
1: I'd recommend trying them out give them a listen. all right
0: i'm very casual country fan i like morgan Wallen, and thomas Rhett. and i know yeah. you're probably like oh my gosh like that's <laughs> everyone listens to that that's more pop than country but i really like those guys a lot um but i listen to everything i have a playlist for each genre of music so whatever mood i'm into i just go to that one I I feel like it's very tough for me to listen to one specific genre of music throughout the entire year. I feel like that I couldn't I could not do that at all.
1: Yeah, no, I a lot of people definitely can't, but there's just (laughs) something about country I can't turn it off.
0: I get it, I get it. Uh, What is your guilty pleasure TV show?
1: Probably Grey's Anatomy. I mean, I've seen all eighteen seasons three times. So wow, yeah, it's it's a commitment. I will say.
0: uh I haven't know for me probably I saw the show Love Island last night and cool. I thought I thought it was very entertaining to watch even though it was very trashy uh reality TV so I'll probably go with that one
1: yeah. I don't know how I feel about reality TV I don't know if I can get behind it
0: well I get used to it because I guess the actors and writers are on strike so that's most of the cool. stuff they can only put out is those reality TV shows but frankly I yeah. watch a lot of sports so I don't really watch too much TV but obviously right now is such a dead period because there's no hockey there's no football there's no basketball and the only thing that's on is baseball um hey, so when, what's wrong with baseball i do like baseball a lot but I, I i do want to break it up sometimes i can't watch the same thing over and over again unless it's hockey Hockey's the only sport i can watch i can watch hockey 365 days a year and i wouldn't get bored of it baseball i sort of need a break here and there even though i really enjoy it um but i think uh just trying to it was the all-star break last week, so there wasn't anything going on. So I was just trying to, like, just yeah. trying to, you know, find stuff to watch. And there really isn't much on except for that stuff. So I I don't know. Maybe if you ask me in October, I'll, like, cringe listening to this part of this interview. <laughs> but uh, it was definitely something I was into uh, last week when there wasn't anything going on.
1: Oh, that's funny. Oh, are you boy. a
0: baseball fan?
1: Uh, yeah, I enjoy baseball. Like, I'm a big Jays fan. They're the only Canadian team. So the Jays and the Red Sox are usually go head-to-head there. Oh, We've so kind of, we,
0: the Red Sox have kind of owned the Jays this year, though.
1: Unfortunately, but <laughs> I think, I think the Jays are above them in the standing. So,
0: hey, hey, listen, listen, <laughs> listen. There's still a lot of baseball left. And all yeah, you got to do is just get in. Left. All you got to do is just get in and see what happens. Like Kevin Millar said, don't let us win one. And that's sort of been my <laughs> mentality with the Sox my entire life. And listen, I think they're going to, I think they could win the World Series this year. Call me delusional, but I, I think they bold. could do it i i really like the team a lot and i think they have a lot of scrappy guys that are trying to prove stuff this year so we'll see what happens
1: yeah we'll see we'll see
0: uh so one thing i do want to ask you uh as i was going through your instagram and i saw this photo that you took on december 3rd 2016 and i just got to ask about it because it made me laugh the caption is cleaning up the house and it's you absolutely demolishing uh this girl and it, i thought it was an incredible photo so I was like, I got to ask you about the backstory behind that. And uh, is that the biggest check you've ever delivered in your career? Because uh, that you literally trucked this person. And I just got to ask about it.
1: Oh, that, that, you know what? That's a great photo. I love that photo. I don't know how someone got that either. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't, the puck is nowhere near there either. Exactly. Was just standing in front of the net. And I was like, this girl's got to get out of here. <laughs> so I think I laid into her a little too hard, but. I ended up meeting her one day, too, and she's like, I'm the girl in that photo. There's no way.
0: That's awesome. Is she playing college hockey right now?
1: No, I don't think she plays college anymore. I just played her in Banner, but I forgot about that photo.
0: But I had to ask because it was great. Do you want to give her a shout out now? So uh, if she's listening, if you remember who it is.
1: Uh, I believe her name was Charlie. So Charlie, (laughs) hello. (laughs) I hope you're well. I'm sorry about that.
0: It's a great photo, though. You have. I feel like uh, that's probably the most – do you think that's the best hockey photo of yourself?
1: That Because it shows the, the grit. It shows the
0: grit. It shows the grit. Yeah,
1: that was one of my favorites. And there's another one. There's another one on my Instagram, actually, um, where I just scored the OT winner in the, mm-hmm. the CSSH finals, and all the men's team is, like, in the <laughs> background, and, like, I got my arms up. So that, that one is pretty – that was pretty cool, too.
0: Have you ever uh, been – received a check before i'm curious about that
1: oh plenty of times plenty of times
0: what's like the biggest check uh, you've ever received
1: uh honestly probably the one this year where i ended up uh, almost breaking my ankle there i was trying to go wide with the puck and the girl just put her shoulder right into my (laughs) chest into the boards and fell on my ankle after and then i hobbled off the ice
0: I feel like you guys from Western Canada are like super tough and gritty. I feel like I I don't know is that's I feel like that seems to be a trait. I, I don't know if maybe that's just something I notice.
1: I think I think we're pretty tough.
0: Exactly, I, don't know.
1: I think we're pretty <laughs> tough from Western Canada. <laughs> I'd vouch for us.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I just feel like every time there's like a big like whenever there's like a puck battle or a big hit, it it always seems to be someone from Western Canada that's in the middle of it, <laughs> especially from the Alberta area.
1: That's funny. I love that. I love to hear that.
0: Now, speaking of uh, again, Shaq, what's the most embarrassing hockey moment that you've ever had?
1: Well, that's a tough question. Uh, There was one time in, I think I was in grade 10, and we were in playoffs in Penticton. We We were tied against a team. This was also in the round robin against a team that we very handily should have beat. We were tied in probably the third period. And we'd finally scored the go-ahead goal and in the celebration I, I broke my ankle.
0: Oh wow. Yeah,
1: so that was great breaking into Sally to a team that it shouldn't have even been close in the round robin. So I had to miss the rest of the year for that one.
0: Hey, I wish you got a good goal and ended it off on a high note. So that's true. sort of the way you gotta look at it.
1: That's true. I was I was screening as a defenseman. I was for the net screening, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, what would the perfect day look like for you?
1: <sighs> I'd say you know, you wake up, you get your you get your heavy lift in, and then you go sit on the boat all day, you know, do a little photosynthesizing, maybe sip a few and do absolutely nothing for the rest of the day. That's probably the ideal one for me.
0: Uh for me it's probably going to the game. Um yeah, and, just, a good... and having like chicken parm after the game, because that's sort of my favorite meal. So that's probably my perfect chicken day. Farm. I love it. It's the best. (laughs) I don't know. I just like it a lot. I was thinking about it this morning. So maybe that's probably, that's probably my favorite food. Well, I saw something that like asked, was asking players like basic questions, like what's your favorite food? I was sort of thinking like, what is my favorite food since it's, I have a lot of favorites and I would say probably chicken parm would be mine. Like I don't have it all the time, but when I do, it's always a fun treat to have.
1: Yeah, you know that's fair. Would it would it matter who was playing in the NHL game? Like I'm assuming Boston and someone.
0: Probably Boston or UConn, but I wouldn't care either way. So it could be yeah, women's hockey, and I'll be happy oh, either way. Yeah, so. You know what? Good <laughs> answer. <laughs> uh, who speaking of your team? Uh, who on the women's hockey team at Yale has the best style besides yourself? Because like you're dripping right now on the Zoom call with the jacket and necklace. So I, <laughs> thank uh, who, you. Yeah, I appreciate.
1: I appreciate the besides yourself part there. Um, So, but
0: who else besides yourself would you, would you say has the best style?
1: I would say probably 16 Ellie Ryder. She's always looking clean out there. I love what she's got going. And then G Lee always has some weird tape job going on. I never know what she's got an X sometimes. She's got nothing. Just loads it up with wax does one strip. It's always different.
0: All right. All right. Any good off ice style? Oh my, oh. I'll tell you who every player I've had on has said the same person. But I'll let you think of it before before I give you that.
1: Oh, now I, the pressure's on. <laughs> can I get a Can I get a hint here with what class she's in?
0: She just graduated.
1: Oh, is it Ripon? Yes. Oh, Caitlin <laughs> Ripon. Yeah, she's got some great style.
0: That's I. I haven't seen you guys. I feel like you guys gotta post a little more pregame outfits because I don't know if you know CHT does, ranks them every weekend. And I feel like your no, team's got a feature.
1: You
0: got to. Too bad
1: she graduated.
0: I know, I know. I, I, everyone said she had the best style. I, I feel like I, I feel like I probably saw one photo here and there at one point, but we gotta get more. So, I just a little call out to the social media team to do that, yeah, yeah. just because. We'll do that. Because I, I want as many options as possible to pick from. That makes it more fun.
1: We'll do that. Yeah, yeah. No, Rip Scott. Rip Scott, great style.
0: Love it. Now she's graduated. Who else? Who do you think will be number one? That's a tough shoes to follow. If that is,
1: I I guess we'll see who fills your shoes here. I think
0: you. It could be you.
1: I think I got to step up. Yeah, we'll see what I can do.
0: I feel like it's between. I'll say all the Yale players I've had on between you, El Harchi, and Emma Harvey, the, the last three Yale people have oh, yeah. had on the podcast. I feel like you three got to step it up to represent the podcast well.
1: Yeah, Elle's got some Elle's got some good pregame uh, outfits. I will say, she could she could step up. She could.
0: Now, what is the most interesting thing you've read or seen this week?
1: Oh, uh, this one is I'm pretty behind here, but I like just learned about the submarine thing.
0: <laughs> that's like a so, month ago.
1: <laughs> so that was that was great. That's not very new, but I just learned about it.
0: Yeah, that's. I understand why they did that, if I'm being honest with you. But I, I, I guess uh, I don't know. I wouldn't risk my life to see this uh, Titanic personally. But that's pretty crazy. They just finding about that just now. Yeah.
1: No. Yeah. The movie's good enough. You watch the Titanic. That's that's.
0: You can see the crazy. actual ship on like YouTube if you look it up. Like you don't even need to go down there. Like they yeah. have they found it. Like there's video of it. There. It's pretty much like you're just in a you're not in a boat and you get to breathe clean air. Like I think that's much better than yeah. than seeing it. Um, in person and potentially killing yourself yeah spending a quarter of a billion dollars (laughs) exactly exactly but I'm different than other people I guess so uh the most interesting thing that I saw this week actually was a pretty interesting article that I think you would like a lot it was about like some Stanford women's uh soccer player that recently committed suicide uh last year and uh I guess it sort of highlighted how student athletes uh some of them they have a lot of mental like illness stuff that people aren't aware of and it's how it's just talked about how it's important to like speak up and not to sort of judge someone um just because you never know what they're going through because like this player was always laughing and smiling and obviously something was going on and it was just a very sad article but also opened my eyes because as a fan i feel like sometimes i get too hard on players but i sometimes need to like learn to like be a little more kinder and understand that there's a, probably a lot going on behind the scenes that you're not aware of. And I just thought it was a good article and it's definitely something that I feel like more people need to talk about because the more people that do talk about it, I think it gets rid of the stigma. And I think it's important to get rid of the stigma so players can feel more comfortable, you know, playing the sport they love and not have that pressure and uh, can talk about something that's going wrong if it is. So I thought that was pretty interesting and it definitely opened my eyes and I really liked it a lot.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good one. I mean, I think, I think in sports, we've come a long way from kind of looking at mental health and taking it seriously. But I mean, it's it's important for people to know, because like you said, you never know what's going on in someone else's life. So just being kind and, you know, yeah, no, that's a, that's a, that's a big one.
0: I think the thing that I, I thought took the most away was like, I feel like I don't realize how much pressure that you guys go through on every, every single day, not just in practice, trying to get like a, spot on the team to start but also like in class because you want to do well and represent your sport well you also want to win there's like a lot of stuff that i think people really don't take into consideration and you also like want to have a social life outside of your sport too and i just i just thought it was pretty interesting and it definitely um made me more sympathetic and i i, I just it re- i don't know like how you if your team talks about it at all but just something that that really caught my eye and yeah i think it's important to talk about so i thought i'll mention it here
1: yeah, no, it's it's definitely a lot trying to balance all that, especially when, you know, you have a bigger roster and you're fighting to get in the lineup. But we have some good resor- resources at Yale, which is really nice. So kind of anytime we need someone like that, they're at our disposal, which is great. And I think a lot of other programs are starting to do it, which is great for the sport and great for the athletes.
0: Now, I kind of want to end off the segment. on am much more, I guess, happier note. But if you could have lunch with anyone in the world, uh, who would it be and why?
1: Dead or Alive?
0: It could be anybody.
1: Well, well, honestly, I'm going to have to go. This is a little more sad, but I'd have to go with my grandpa, my dad's dad. Unfortunately, he passed away on his way to see me for the first time in the hospital after I was born. Um, But from what I hear from my dad, apparently we're very similar people. So I kind of just like to have a chat with him and get to know him and maybe get a little dirt on what my dad was like as a kid. him because he's from a real small town in grand prairie and i i know he just was a disturber up there so i'd love to i'd love to hear a thing or two from
0: him what about you who'd you have lunch with uh mine's a little not as uh not as a little more like it's like it's tom brady i think it'd be cool to have lunch with him uh just because he's gone through a lot and i'd love to learn sort of like his mindset on things and stuff like that and just about his football career um but like on a personal note i would say like i was looking through old photos of like my grandparents and it's so weird, like, you know them like as like older people, but you don't know what they were like, like when they were your age. And it's sort of weird seeing them in that way. And I think it will be really cool to talk to my grandfather, like as a 21 year old, like myself and sort of like hear his perspective on things.
1: Yeah, no, especially because they grew up in such a different time. I just love to know what they were like and hear some stuff about them. But it seems like they never they never tell us. So you'll never know the, the extent of it.
0: Yeah, I think it's a generational thing. I don't think you talk about certain things as we do now. And obviously they didn't have like social media and stuff. So I think it's just, I find it to be a generational thing, but I, I, I try to poke and prod here and there about certain things. Cause I know they've done some cool stuff that they don't share, talk about too much.
1: Yeah, slowly, slowly and surely it'll all come
0: out. Well, getting back to some hockey questions now, what advice would you give younger players trying to pursue a career in college hockey?
1: I would say if I could give one piece of advice, probably be start early. I mean, but the way things are going now, I think what coaches can talk to you as early as grade 10. So kind of before that deadline, knowing what schools you're interested in and stuff and maybe sending some emails and getting some videos ready um, would be the only thing. Yeah, just just start early because everyone else is. So you don't want to miss out on any opportunities.
0: Uh, what should we done to help grow women's hockey from your perspective? Um, um I'll give you my perspective because I'm curious to hear what you have to say about it, but I'll let you go first.
1: Um I think that we've made a lot of good strides um from when I was playing hockey. Just seeing that people are able to make what they are. Um playing hockey as a woman is it's really inspiring and then just hoping that it can grow by the time I'm done university is is really exciting um but to grow it i i think we just need more people watching you gotta spread the word and kind of get more fans in order for it to grow and then then the funding will come after
0: what was your thoughts on sort of the whole pro women's hockey situation obviously i think it's a good thing that it's one league now i think that's the right step ahead for the growth of women's hockey but it seems like the way they did it wasn't the best and a lot of people lost some jobs and their livelihoods because of it i'm just curious as a college athlete who's going to be in that process at some point how do you sort of look view on that situation? what's your sort of view on that situation
1: uh it's kind of hard to say um i do agree that there should have been one league and even from the beginning there should have been one just because i don't think we have the funding or the support yet to have a bunch going on throughout north america so if we can pool all that support and funding into one place, I think we'll be off to a, a better start. But as for the rest of it, it's hard to say. I, I don't follow it as closely as I should. Um, but yeah, it's it's tough. It's mm-hmm. tough. Curious to hear what you think.
0: What do you think, though, about the pro women's situation or the, the growth of women's hockey?
1: About like kind of all of it, but the pro the pro situation there.
0: Yeah, obviously, I like I think it's a good thing for women's hockey overall. And I think in the long term, it's going to be the right step because at the end of the day, you want all the best women's hockey players after they graduate college to play in the one league. I felt like the last few years, some would go to the PWHA, some would go to the PHF and then others would go off to Europe. But you're pretty much diluting that talent pool, the different leagues. And I feel like if you just put in one big league, it would help you can promote that league and help grow the sport because I felt like each pro league, there was something good about it and I felt like if they they just combined together it would be the best for women's hockey um but I wasn't a big fan of how they sort of managed to make that happen I guess a lot of the PHF players found out the same time I did about this whole thing merger taking place and obviously a lot of jobs were lost and I felt like they could have gone about it a different way it just I feel like there wasn't good communication with how it all happened And I feel like if there was better communication, I feel like better steps would have taken place to make the merger go more smoothly and more right for each player involved. Um, But now that's over, hopefully those players can get an opportunity to play somewhere else, whether it's in Europe or in this new league. And I hope the new league has success at the end of the day. But I really feel bad because I know a lot of good players won't be playing hockey next year because of this merger. And I want to see them in a good league where the best of the best play. And it's not going to happen next year, it seems like, but hopefully in the future it will.
1: Yeah, no, it definitely is sad to see some of those players left out there, but I, yeah, I really hope it does continue to grow and improve in different ways because it could be some, it could become something, some pretty special. I mean, exactly what happened when I was younger.
0: Yeah. I think it will be cool too. I, I like, I think, I think it'd be cool to have like Hillary Knight play like Marie-Phil Pallon, like in an NHL style thing, you know, like how Crosby and Ovechkin play. Like, that's what women's hockey needs in my opinion is like stuff like that like that that'll be fun to watch in my opinion but then also like being excited about like for all the graduating players in college hockey how cool would it be to have like a draft and seeing like oh who's the best prospect and stuff and I just think having that pro league is the way for women's hockey to have success um outside of college hockey or just to make that make it even more popular because I feel like in basketball, college basketball is really popular, and people will get excited for those uh, players to get drafted in the WNBA and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's definitely something really exciting when you think that that could be a reality.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: down that path, because that would be that would be so cool. That'd be so cool.
0: And there will be some players from Yale that get picked in the first round. If I were to do one, uh, like a first round of of women's college hockey, and that for yourself, that's probably the best part: to seeing where those guys, uh, those girls, would end up
1: yeah yeah seeing my teammates go would be pretty cool that would be pretty cool
0: I will say those to grow college hockey I wish they were a little more creative like I think the Vegas tournament was a lot of fun I wish they could do more stuff like that uh but my big thing is sort of start the season later um I think a lot of people don't really know when your season starts because it starts in late September at least for not non-ivy league schools and I think if you start the season later you could have the frozen four later and have it in its own weekend or tie it in with the women's basketball for, uh, final four and i feel like that would be a good way to promote the sport because you'd have the women's basketball final four and then you can put your the frozen four on and people casual fans will be like scrolling through and they'll find the frozen four and start watching it for a few seconds and even if you get a few of those people watching it for a few seconds they might like the sport and want to watch it um, in the following season and i just think getting uh, the frozen four to be in nhl and or ahl ranks i know people have the argument for um regional sites uh for the frozen four for the women's side but if you look at it last year's in duluth Uh, for someone like me i can't go to duluth it's really tough because there's not a major airport near and it's just hard for average fans to get to these places where the frozen four is held and i feel like like you look at the men's was in tampa florida you could make a whole weekend out of that and i feel like people gotta do that for the women's frozen four to be successful um so that's sort of my thing i think it'd be cool to have it like in boston um i uh, i think coachella valley would be cool because i know they've done a lot of good stuff with the, their ahl rank stuff like that i think that would be a way for me to grow the sport is having the frozen four be in different locations and in sort of neutral sites in nhl or ahl ranks i'm assuming i don't know what you think about that though
1: I, I agree with all that. I mean, especially the part where it should at least be somewhere where there's a major airport so mm-hmm. people can you know, fly in there and not have to drive an hour, an hour and a half. I don't think we're quite, quite ready for regional sites like they do with the men, but definitely for the the Frozen Four, I think, I think we could get somewhere a little bit more central or incentivizing than Duluth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with women's basketball growing so much, I think that it would be great for us to kind of get behind them and hopefully grow the two sports together mm-hmm. or even going at the same time to just get a few more supporters. But yeah, I definitely agree with um, getting somewhere a little, a little better maybe for the finals. Of those
0: four. Well, It's nothing against Duluth. It's just like, like it's, I, it's hard for people to get to. And it's like, it's not someone someone's not going to look at Duluth if I'm being honest and be like oh that's somewhere I want to go like spend my money and go on vacation for a weekend like you got to like it sort of needs to be a location where there's stuff to do there from what I was talking about there's not that much stuff to do in Duluth outside of going to the Frozen Four so that's sort of like why I feel like it needs to change that way um you could have it in St Paul there's a lot of fun stuff to do in St Paul The, the XL Energy Center like there's stuff to do you can have it in Minnesota. I just think you got to make it in a place where people can go to and when there's stuff to do around.
1: Yeah, I mean, Minnesota is like hockey state, so obviously you're going to have a lot of hockey fans. But I think even in Mass, you know, you have a lot of universities out there and a lot of hockey. So that would be another great spot that people could come and they could also make a weekend out of it. I mean, Boston's great. Got a lot down there.
0: And then you also brought up a good point where it's like, I think you got to promote some of the players as well. There's a lot of talented players in women's college hockey. Yet if you weren't a hockey fan, you wouldn't know who, who they are if they walked by you. Um, like I look at your, I'll just use Al Harchie, for example. Really good personality, really funny, great person. And I think you could definitely promote someone like her. And she's an amazing hockey player as well. Like that's sort of how you grow the sport too. Cause then people like want to watch her play when she plays your local college and stuff like that. That's how you, that's another way. Cause you see it with like Paige Beckers and Caitlin Clark on the women's basketball side of things.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Like if we could get a player like Al and players like that from each team, um, that would be great for the sport and just giving them a little more, you know, media time or something to help kind of spread what's going on. That, that could be huge. And we got to mm-hmm. take advantage of have. And social media is so big now mm-hmm. we might as well.
0: Well, i totally agree with you on that stuff well i don't want to take up too much of your time gracie but before we let you go do you have any shouts you want to give uh to any of your teammates family members or friends and who should we have on the podcast next
1: well obviously i love all my love all my yale bulldogs there so hello to them but i think if you could have anyone on here next it'd be sarah Wasnevich from wisconsin mm-hmm. i went to edge with her and played spring hockey growing up and i just know how much she loves interviews and public speaking. I'm sure she'd love to be on here and she'd love me for doing this.
0: Awesome. Awesome. We gotta get Charlie on too. That would be funny to sort of reconnect and talk about that photo too. <laughs> I
1: don't know if she'd want to.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. That that'd be tough. That's tough. Like that's probably the, honestly, you can get your ankles broken and all that stuff or where your skate cards. Having a photo of yourself getting rocked and having it on the internet somewhere. I would say might be the most embarrassing thing any hockey player can have. I don't know what you, if you would agree with that or not.
1: That's a tough one for sure. <laughs> we <laughs> are the
0: one receiving it. Then that's the coolest thing no. you can have on, yeah. on the internet. So from your perspective, it's great.
1: I'm loving it from my, my side of the
0: fence. So, uh, but Gracie, thank you so much uh, for coming on. I, I really appreciate your time. It means so much to myself. I love talking with you today and I can't wait to see you play next season. And, I gotta come out to a game at some point and uh, meet you after and say hi. But thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. I know for sure.
1: Thanks for having me. And hopefully, hopefully, you can get down to New Haven and come with the whale and maybe watch us play a game. That'd awesome. Be great.
0: Def- we definitely gotta do that. The full of
1: confidence.